Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast number 11, More Arrested in Deputies Murder, Shootout at Hotel and Officer Involved Shooting. From Portland, Oregon, Channel 6 reports two more people were charged with felonies related to the April 2019 killing of Cowlitz County Deputy Justin DeRosier, one of those people, Savannah Joe Eastman, was the girlfriend of Michael Veach who died in a shootout with police along Highway 30 near St. Helens in October, Veach was previously connected to the DeRosier shooting, Ricky Roberts is the other person charged, both Roberts and Eastman are accused of rendering criminal assistance after Deputy DeRosier was shot to death by Brian Butts, in a court document. Cowlitz County Prosecuting Attorney Ryan Jervakinen said Roberts and Eastman both knew Butts was wanted for murder and concealed him as law enforcement agencies looked for him. Both were charged October 10. Eastman was ordered to appear in court November 15. She was arraigned on November 25 and will be back in court on December 9. During the search for Butts, Michael Veach and his brother Matthew were taken into custody one directly related to the case and the other on unrelated warrants. On April 13, Cowlitz County Deputy Justin DeRosier pulled Michael over on a traffic stop shortly before DeRosier was shot to death by Brian Butts. Court documents showed Michael called Brian to tip him off DeRosier was headed his way. Butts died from multiple gunshots wounds after two veterans of the Kelso Police Department confronted him on Sunday, April 14. Brian Butts is the brother of Daniel Butts, who killed Rainier Police Chief Ralph Painter in 2011. Highway 30 in Deer Island was closed in both directions due to police activity, some 12 miles down the road from where an earlier shooting took place at a St. Helens Chevron, the day after Veach was killed along Highway 30 in October. Eastman said that Michael did not tip off Brian, he's been so torn about that, too, because he thought they didn't want to believe him because of his past. Michael was confused, he didn't understand why that guy did what he did, she said, anytime I tried to bring it up or talk about it, he would just shrug it off and say that, he said he doesn't want to have to think about it. From Rollins, Wyoming, the Rollins Times reports that a Colorado man has pleaded not guilty to assault and battery after allegedly firing a gun at another man inside a Rollins motel, Craig, Colorado resident Ernesto Garcia Luna also known as Giovanni Mark Easy and Giovanni Galan Marquez, is charged with, one count of felony aggravated assault and battery by threatening to use a drawn deadly weapon on another, which comes with a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison and or a fine up to $10,000, reckless endangering, a misdemeanor, misdemeanor possession of marijuana, unauthorized use of a vehicle, and wrongful taking or disposing of property, his trial will be set within the next six months. According to the arrest affidavit, Rollins police officer Matthew Harnish was dispatched to the Quality Inn in response to a man who shot at the reporting party with a gun inside the hotel. After arriving, Miguel Ramirez, the reporting party, told the officer that he was confronted by a Hispanic male in the hotel's hallway, he said the male had a gun with a laser on it in his face, he turned around and ran out of the back of the hotel, when he heard the man fire around toward him. He described the suspect as a man with tattoos on his face and all over his head. The front desk clerk recognized those details and noted that the man was staying in one of the rooms. Harnish called for backup and asked the clerk if she'd heard a gunshot, to which she said no. He asked another male, Paul Allison, who employs Ramirez, and Allison said he hadn't heard the shot, either. He added that Ramirez was hiding in a truck, terrified. 
He did say he saw a male fitting the suspect's description only a few minutes prior to Harnish's arrival and that he was by a truck, but Allison didn't know what the man was doing. Once backup arrived, they went toward the room the suspect was in. Harnish called the room to contact the suspect, whose last name was Marquez. He was told, when he answered the phone, Harnish told him to come out of the room with his hands up. He complied. After the suspect was frisked and taken downstairs, he was identified as Giovanni Galan Marquez, a woman in the room, Moria Gomez, was arrested after the officers discovered she had an active warrant. Another officer told Harnish that he could smell marijuana inside the hotel room. The officers searched the room and found a glass pipe with marijuana residue in it and a small scale. They discovered a woman's coin purse and when opened, they found several small clear baggies, rubber bands, a spoon and a baggie with clear pill capsules filled with a brown sand texture substance inside of them. The suspect was asked if the coin purse was his, which he denied, but he did admit that the pipe was. When asked if his truck could be searched, the suspect seemed hesitant and told the officers that it wasn't his to give permission to search, adding that his T-Mule pusher also has control of the truck. He noted that numerous people used the truck, as it was the most used in the fleet, adding he didn't know what was in it. A canine unit was deployed and the dog gave indication that there were drugs in the truck. The suspect gave officers permission to search the truck. They found two syringes in a container, but noted that they didn't look as if they'd been used. A Smith & Wesson 40 caliber pistol was found inside of a gun case in the truck. The serial number was checked and it was discovered that the pistol had been stolen from Colorado. Another firearm was discovered, which had a silver slide with a laser pointer attached to it. It wasn't found to be stolen. Ramirez told police he didn't know why the suspect pulled a gun on him and recalled the firearm was either silver or tan. Allison talked with police again and said he did remember a gunshot being fired, but didn't see anything. When talking with police, the suspect told them he knew about both guns in the truck. He said he bought the silver one from a friend in Colorado, but wasn't aware it was stolen. He added that he'd fired another round from the silver gun toward the apartments behind Quality and following his confrontation with Ramirez. He said he drew the gun on Ramirez because the man was messing with him and the suspect thought Ramirez was going to do something. After talking with the owner of the truck, they informed police that the suspect wasn't given permission to use the vehicle and that it should have been in Colorado. The suspect was then arrested and charged with numerous counts. From Baltimore, Maryland The Sun reports that Baltimore County Police say a man who was reported to be threatening to hurt himself and other people was fatally shot by a police officer Tuesday night during a traffic stop on Interstate 83 in Sparks Glinko. County Police spokeswoman Officer Jennifer Peach gave few details on the circumstances surrounding how or why the altercation with the officer became fatal. She said she could not answer questions about what happened during the struggle with the police officer, whether the man had a gun, or whether any shots other than the one by the officer were fired. Officers were originally called to a residence on the unit block of Pheasantwood Court in Parkton for a call about a man threatening to harm himself and others, Peach said. On the way to the scene, police learned the man had left the house in a vehicle and officers began to canvass the area, she said. Upon locating the vehicle traveling southbound on I-83 north of Belfast Road, an officer pulled the car over. P. Each said, some sort of incident occurred between the officer and that person while he was on that traffic stop, she said. Right now, we have very limited information on exactly what transpired during the exchange between the officer and the person, 
Peach said the officer and medics attempted to resuscitate the man, but that he died of his wounds. Preliminary information indicates the man was alone in the car, she added. The officer involved was required to wear a body worn police camera, but Peach said she did not know whether the camera was turned on during the time of the incident. We are looking into how many shots were fired by the officer, how many times the person was struck, what exactly transpired between the person and our officer during this traffic stop that caused the officer to fire his weapon, she said. All southbound lanes were closed between Belfast and Mount Carmel roads for a time after the shooting, while Peach had said the department expected to release more information Wednesday morning, that did not happen. Tuesday's police-involved shooting is at least the third in the county in the past four months. An officer fatally shot a man at a Duke's motel in Rosedale while serving an arrest warrant in July. In that case, police say the man was killed during an exchange of gunfire at the motel in the 7900 block of Pulaski Highway. In September, Baltimore County police fatally shot a man who stabbed at least four people at the Hunt Valley Town Center. According to the police department's body-worn camera policy listed on its website, police are not required to release camera footage if an investigation is ongoing, unless Chief Melissa Hyatt decides otherwise. In 2017 the department declined to release footage from three police shootings. Earlier this year, camera footage was released in the death of Officer Ramey Caprio, but only after a jury viewed it during the trial of one of the three teens who were later convicted of killing her. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.